Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat over Zoom with dancer and choreographer Charles Bartley. He has just signed up to be in Magic Mike Live, which is coming here to Sydney, Australia next month in December. We, of course, talk about the show and what to expect, but we also go back to talk about Charles being a runner-up on So You Think You Can Dance Australia Series 2, and also talk about how he found his love for dancing, and also talk about some of the amazing artists he has worked with, like Asha in 2018. There's so much to cover, so let's get into it now. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Raise it up. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Savani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Irish. Hi, this is Arthur Buttrose. It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. It's Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. We're raving It Up. Rave It oh, Up. Fun. Hashtag Lauren, Rave It Up. Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. We're raving it up. Charles, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you going? Very well. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yes, I'm, I'm, it's getting so close to the show. I love doing press and media and talking to people about it and getting everyone excited you're so welcome thanks for taking the time i know you're probably in this like really busy rehearsal schedule at the moment right yeah yeah we're working towards um making the show look uh, super nice and making ourselves look super nice for everyone so yeah it's, it's a busy period well we cannot wait to see the show but i have some questions about magic mike live a little bit later on but since this is your first time on the show i'd actually love to start by talking about so you think you can dance if that's okay yes please you're taking it way back to the beginning <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did my research <laughs> so for those who don't know charles was the runner-up of so you think you can dance australia series two I really want to know, how was your experience on that show? And I guess dancing in front of heaps of cameras and audiences, was that nerve-wracking? Yes. It was a bizarre experience because it was my first real professional experience. So I'd come directly out of full-time training and straight into kind of like fame, if you could call it that. And it was very bizarre. I mean, it was an intense experience and you go through it before you, they release you to the public. So, you know, you go through the top 100 week and before that there's producer rounds and all that sort of chaos. And then when you finally step onto the stage, it's if it, I remember watching it in the first season and being like, wow, that's like the coolest thing ever. And then to be standing on the stage and you walk out and people know you by this point, you've been hiding and you're not allowed to tell anyone and you walk out on stage and they're like, go Charlie. And you're like, wow, people know who I am. It's just like a completely surreal experience, but um, super cool at the same time. Like I got so much training out of that show. Like you would work, do a different style every week. It's just boot camp. You know, you'd be in there with Jason Gilkerson or Kelly Abbey or um, and le- learning a Viennese waltz or like a cha-cha, things that I've never even thought about touching before. And, and so you were forced to like figure it out and try to get this in perfect 90 seconds out each week and uh it was super stressful but all i remember is laughing a lot like the people who were in the show and 
the runners and the producers are all so nice and supportive yeah, because it was so tough on us all. Yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty crazy experience. So did you come out liking some new styles that you didn't even think of before or didn't like in the beginning? Yeah, I actually, I still love it to this day, but when we did a salsa routine, um, I was like, whoa, what is this? It's like, I don't know, the social aspect of it and just the music. There was just something about it that I was kind of like, oh, man, I could really get into this. So that was definitely one. I don't think there was anything I was like, I don't want to ever try that again. Maybe a waltz. It's a little too slow for my liking. So um, only on occasion will I, I dabble in the, in the old waltz. Yeah. Well, I've been dancing all my life and I just got into a lot of Latin music, like salsa and bachata, just like a couple of years ago. So I totally know what you mean by the salsa. It just really gets in your bones, doesn't it? And you're like, oh, I can't just not stay still with this with this music. It's it's addictive. Even Anthony and I, my younger brother, who's also in Magic Mike, we were just walking back from the gym last night and they had like a little salsa get up going on outside downstairs and we were... We were just like, don't start dancing in public. Don't do it. Just click. It just like gets inside of you and you want to just start moving, but we decided against it. Also, I don't think you're allowed to do it in public. So. Oh, yeah, because uh, I guess with all the restrictions, right? But uh, <laughs> I don't think that's stopping people from dancing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It feels like Footloose or something. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bullying or depression and is available right now on Booktopia. Did you know Rave It Up now has a private Facebook group where we give away regular prizes and you get to have a sneak peek at what we're up to? You'll get to see some fun behind-the-scenes action and can be part of the interview process yourself, just like a real journalist. So come join us and share your passion for entertainment with all of our other fans. Just search Rave It Up Community on Facebook and we look forward to getting to know you. So am I right in saying that you've probably been dancing all your life since you were little? Yes. Uh, yes, pretty much. As far as I can remember, I was seven when I stepped into a studio, but I'm pretty sure I was like a bit of a dancer even before that because mum was sick of me tearing up the rug quite literally. And I remember the conversation we had. She sat on the edge of my bed and said, you can either do tap, jazz or ballet. I don't think you'll enjoy ballet right now. So it's tap or jazz. And for some reason, I picked tap. I'm not exactly sure why, but I think I'd known about tap dogs and river dance and stuff. And, and so that sort of spurred me on into that. And eventually down the track, everything just started. To, I just dabbled in jazz and then it was contemporary. Then it was ballet and, and then everything. I just kept going and going and going. So how do you think you found your love for dancing? Was it just the music and it got into your bones? Like we were just even chatting about salsa just then. Because I'm sure you'd just yeah. be dancing around when you were little, like three or four. <laughs> I, I, I don't know the exact. I mean, the funny thing is my whole family is like academic. My father's a lawyer. My older brother's a lawyer. Aunties, uncles, grandfather, they're all lawyers. Father, so different. Lawyers. Yes. I'm not exactly sure what happened. <laughs> you know, like, and my parents will attest to that. They're like, we had, you definitely didn't get it from us. So, um... I remember listening to Michael Jackson CDs like over and over and over again. And 
I think I was so small at the time. I was probably only 10. And I remember him coming to Australia and I begged my dad to go. I'm glad he didn't because now in retrospect, I would have been crushed to death in that crowd. You know what I mean? Like the craziness that was. But, you know, there was something that pulled me towards it. And I, and I can't exactly pick. There was no, like, history of it. So there was just something in me that just said, hey, you like to move and this music makes you feel good, so just follow that, you know, and I'm glad I did. So were there any other careers that you wanted to pursue when you were younger as well, kind of like the plan B, as they call it? Oh, it's kind of, well, at the end, I, I always tried my best in school and I did quite well, so I, I ended up getting into a double degree, which is media and law, in Macquarie Uni, looking back now, I realised law was the very, like, safe feel, like I'm sure I could probably get a job if I made it through law. And media was always very interesting to me for some reason, and it still is today, um, you know, and especially after being on So You Think and dancing on TV shows, I've really gotten uh, a wider view of, like, different jobs that you can get into and film. I love movies and all that sort of stuff, so... If it wasn't dance, maybe something in there. Yeah. I know, but back in the day, I, I don't think I like, really understood that. But looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was another little passion in that creative side of the field as well. well who knows? You may, could have had my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, watch out. I'll be interviewing you in a second. Oh, cool. I don't mind that. <laughs> Sometimes I like to be on the other end of it. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But it is good that you are in the entertainment industry and you get to kind of dabble in all those things anyway. Who knows? Dance might end up bringing you down that, those paths anyway of, of acting and things like that, musical theatre, whatever. No, you're 100% right. I've, I've, as I've developed my creative like brain over the many years, I found that the more things I dabble in, the more it folds back on each other, you know, like I a little bit of acting and I found my dancing got so much better because of it. And I was like, there's something to this. I think that the more creative you are, it exponentially just kind of builds. And, and it's, it's interesting that you say that the more things I get interested in and dabble in, the better everything else becomes. So there's something in that. So do you think they'll be singing in the future? Uh, um, I've dabbled in that, but that's, that's a, that's yeah. Put it to the side. <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. Yeah. Well, you're good at the dancing, so stick with that and you love it, so that's what matters. All right, I appreciate it. I'll write that there. Stick to the... <laughs> well, you have danced with some incredible artists as well. I was blown away when I read your biography. You've worked with artists like Usher in 2018 and Katy Perry, BB Rexa, Kylie Minogue, Kesha and so many more. How, what has been your favourite project to work on, or is that a little bit of a hard question? That is hard, but I, it's, um, it is that Usher show that I did for R&B Fridays live when they came back to Australia. I'd probably been dancing with him for a few months, and I knew that job was coming up, and they always just check you ahead of time for each individual job rather than just you expecting to be with them forever. So I was kind of... I, in Australia and I, I was like wow like to go home with Usher you know after being overseas for close to two years or 18 months to two years and and to be able to like dance in front of 50,000 people and including family and friends and stuff like that I was like that would be the coolest thing ever so I remember you know like just really working hard in all the jobs previous knowing that whatever I did in those jobs would get me a better chance of getting to that job and, uh, yeah, I remember the day I was just typing away at my computer in L.A. and the email popped up just saying, yeah, you booked for the Australian tour. And I was like, oh, 
thank Lord. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, I just remember kind of sitting there for 10 minutes. And then the experience itself was unbelievable. Just we did all the major cities. You know, it was a full-blown 90-minute show to all these hits. Like, it's just the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced. To, like, sit back and see him out there and then just, like, 50,000 people with phones out, like, screaming and singing along. Like, it's just the rush you get from that is nothing I've ever experienced before. It's very, very cool. And it's Asha. Like, he's... He's such a huge artist that everyone knows and has been around for decades. So I'm sure you learned so much from him. Oh, oh, 100%. I mean, him himself as well. He's, I, I, no wonder he's been around for so long because he is like, he's very business-like but, and very focused, but super creative and collaborative. And like when you're working, you're really working. Like there would be constant times where in the rehearsal studio that something wouldn't be going right and there'd be a little bit of tension, you know, and a build between dancers and choreographer or the band and whatever. And, um, you know, the thing that they would always say is, like, we're going for greatness, not just good. Oh, I love good. that. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're like, this is worth the trouble and the, the sort of, like, tension to be able to provide an entertainment experience for people that is, like, not just something they'll be like, oh, that was cool. You know, it's something like they really experience it like a whole another level. So it was just amazing to be a part of that and to have that mentality like kind of drilled into you. It changes the way I see things as well. Gosh, I wish I was there for that show. It sounds incredible. Cool. It was, it was cool. <laughs> Hopefully there's another one in the future. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm trying to get my way back. Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. This show is brought to you by Vegas Nights, specialising in all of your party needs. They have photo booths, poker tables, and decorations for heaps of different party themes. Visit their website now at vegasnights.com.au or give them a call on 1300 135 394. Vegas Nights, you can't lose. And I'm sure your favourite project is probably going to change very soon with your new project being Magic Mike Live. Such a big deal. Magic Mike is huge franchise that we all know. Is that nerve-wracking for you that it is so huge? Um, yes. There's a lot of um, people know about it. And so they, they, have, they have some level of expectation of, like, what they're going to experience. What I personally love about the show is they don't really know what they're about to experience. It's, it's I believe, better than what people imagine. And that's why I'm, like, I'm so excited for the, the boys to get together and to, like, put this show on for everyone, especially after the year we've had. It is just such a party, um, and it's a lot more than that, too. It's got heart and integrity, and, you know, my little brother and I wouldn't be really a part of a show that didn't have some sort of, like, artistic credibility to it so that's why we're excited people might expect like without shade chippendales you know that's sort of like uns, uns, you know but it's so much more than that and so we're excited to really give that to people we're excited too to just watch it and as you said after the year we've had it'll just be such a nice yeah. like really fun night out that we all really deserve yes yes absolutely yeah and have you all started getting together and doing the audition process or to like you know, sorry, not the audition process, the rehearsal process altogether? Yes. Um, 
we are just about to get into like official rehearsals, but a few of the boys who have been able to get together in, in Sydney have been doing a few brush up rehearsals just to start to, you know, get it back in the body and back in the system because our turnaround this time is quite quick to put the show on. We've only got five days in the rehearsal studio and then I think it's in a half tech or two weeks tech and then boom, there's an audience there. So we put it on in Belgium at the start of the year. So we all know the show. We got to put on two shows for the Belgian audience, which was a super bizarre and cool experience. Um, but then as we flew home, everything happened and um, we had to postpone the show until now. So now we're kind of like, we're, we've been waiting all year to do this. And um, I know people who booked and knew it was coming have also been waiting, but I can guarantee you it's, it's reciprocal. We, we feel the same way. Yeah. And, and you're a dancer and a choreographer as well. How is it going, you know, from being a choreographer and, you know, making up your own moves to then doing someone else's choreography? Because I'm guessing you haven't choreographed this show. So is that hard? And what do you prefer? I prefer to be the dancer. Oh, really? Um, I did not think that was going to be your answer. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because uh, um, after so many years, I have so much trust in myself to deliver the product however they want. The tough thing about being a choreographer is that you have to sit back and you, and you put the trust in someone else to deliver. Um, and, and when you transition from a dancer into choreography, that's probably one of the most nerve wracking things is just to be like, well, I can't do it. And I know I could do it, but I've got to just trust that what I've given them and their talent and their um, professionalism will deliver the product. So personally, I love, and there's actually nothing better for me than being on the stage and having that interaction with the crowd. And, and this show is like amazing for that. You know, we, it is about that sort of energy exchange between the audience and the people on, on the stage. Um, it, it, rather than feeling like maybe it's us and them, it just feels like a big party involving everyone. So that's why I'm in this show. However, Funny enough, the, the co-director brought me in before we started the show and there was a few, we, each show in, throughout the world has its own sort of feel. It's tailored towards that specific um, region. So we needed to tailor the jokes and some of the show to Australian audiences, um, which makes it super individual and, and very unique. Um, you won't get this version of the show anywhere else in the world. Um, but she got me to put some steps in as well. So I, I have a few eight counts in there that are that are um, preciously mine as well. So I got I got the yes, yeah. best of both worlds. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and you guys have obviously been needing to keep in shape for this show. How what has been your exercise and I guess diet routine during this time? Because I'm sure we've all yeah. been gaining a little bit of weight through COVID. <laughs> yes. Well, don't get me wrong, I gave up for a bit. There were six weeks there where I was like, you know what, I'm not going to bother with a sit-up because I don't know what's happening with the world. Um, but specifically now that we're getting closer to the time, uh, we've been hitting the gym pretty hard. And um, we, go, we try to actually go twice a day in the lead-up to rehearsals. When we start getting into heavy rehearsals, it'll, it'll change a bit because the show is quite physical. So you have to balance how much you can physically work out also with how much energy you need to deliver the show at the, at the best possible way. So it's, it's a bit of a balance when we get into that. But at the moment, we, everyone walks into the show 
like huge because we've been eating. It's just how much size can you put on? Then we do all the cardio and it all starts to come off again. So um, I'm still sneaking a few treats here and there, hoping that the rehearsal period helps me shed that sort of stuff off. So, but yeah, starts to get down to the point of self-discipline soon where you're like, well, Australian public needs us to look good. So, you know, you know put down the chocolate bar, not just for you, but for the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, like the first show, as you said, where you're all so big, by, like the end show is not going to be the same as the first show because you're going to be like so much thinner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll look like an Adonis statue because we'll just be like, there'll be no body fat on us, which is a great thing. I, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great thing for the last show then for the girls. <laughs> There'll be some cheat days in there. I'm, I'm sure Christmas will be an interesting. Uh, when the Pavlova's there, I don't know if I can resist myself. <laughs> well, good luck with that. I don't think there'll be much willpower during that time. But you're working hard so you can actually treat yourself. We'll, the Australian public will allow that. <laughs> <laughs> the wise words. <laughs> I love that, yeah. So I hope they all agree with me. <laughs> you're putting on a good show. We need to let you... Treat yourself a little bit, especially through Christmas. Oh, 100%, yeah. But we all know what happens in Magic Mike. You know, I'm sure all the girls listening today have seen the movie, maybe even seen, you know, the Belgian show. Who knows? (laughs) Is there any, honestly, like, just between you and I, is there honestly any nervousness or even self-consciousness about stripping in front of a crowd? Because it's one thing, you know, stripping in the bedroom, but to actually do it in front of a crowd, I don't know how you guys do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a no. Well, not for me anyway. I um, yes, I think we put in enough work, and we we are very confident in the show that we're putting on and the way that we're putting it on too. That there's no corny or cheesy moments where we would feel self conscious about like, oh, I don't know about doing this or anything like that. Like, also the lighting in there is helping us out a lot. So we're. <laughs> You're allowed the cheat days then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have we have dudes every different style, size, you know, and that's the purpose is to kind of like not everyone likes the same thing. So it, there's skinny dudes with tats and long hair and then there's huge dudes, you know, and then there's a, there's a plethora and there's something for everyone. So as long as you're just very um, confident in yourself and you know, what you can deliver as a performer, then that's probably the best thing that you can do on the stage. Um, And that helps with the self-consciousness. And you're like, all right, well, this is me. And I'm sure maybe not I'm not for everyone, but there's probably one person out there that's going to enjoy it. So, so take, you know, (laughs) take it or leave it. Here's me. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that helps. That's, and that's drilled into us from the highest levels of creative teams. So it, it makes us feel comfortable to be able to go and explore and have fun with the crowd and, and do all that sort of stuff. And with so much experience being a dancer and dancing on stage anyway, it's just kind of like that added element of just stripping off some clothes as well. So I guess it's it, yeah. you're already comfortable in that environment of, of being on stage and you know, doing something you're passionate about. A hundred percent. And to be honest, this is not the first time I've ever got my shirt. I've been in some interesting outfits in my years. You know, I've done my and, and stuff like that um, at the Horton Pavilion and they always like to see some skin too. So it's, it's, it's not the first time. So I've had some, uh, some experience towards this. Some would say leading 
towards this, even. <laughs> leading towards this. I always say everything happens for a reason. All of your projects leading up to this happen for a reason for you. <laughs> Take off your shirt. You'll thank me in 10 years. All right. Yep. <laughs> but we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview, Charles. But before we go, what advice would you give to our audience that might want to follow their dreams of becoming a dancer or a choreographer? Um... Just find out why you really love it, you know, beyond things that you can get from it externally, you know, rather than being like, oh, I can earn money and I can maybe be on a TV show. Like, I've had some lucky experiences where you get that. Or get girls. That's that's also part of it, yes. That's probably another thing I'm, I guess guys think about with being a dancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially young dancers. They're like, oh, yeah, the chicks, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, and it's just the... There's so much to it beyond, you know, those those simple things that you might see on Instagram or, or whatever, or people would like to show you. You know, it's been a, it's it's shown me a, a whole world beyond what I could have even imagined growing up. You know, so if you just want to chase chase that little dragon, that little feeling of like feeling joy by doing something creative, whatever that is, then if you keep chasing that, it'll it'll expose you to a whole awesome world where you get to meet a whole bunch of cool people and have cool experiences that maybe you'd never even thought of before. Um, so just keep turning up tomorrow and, and doing what you love to do and it, it'll just happen and do it at the best of your ability and it'll, it'll happen. Is that kind of like the top tip you'd also give for people wanting to like get into some really cool gigs that you've had? Because another thing I saw in your biography where you, is that you're a featured dancer in The Great Gatsby and the film Goddess. Like that's the gigs like people really want. They want to be in films. They want to be in, you know, big shows like Magic Mike. Yes. No, 100%. I think part of it is being around the people who are, have the ability to provide you with that opportunity as well. You know, if like you want to be a dancer, get amongst dancers. You know, if you want to be um, an actor, get amongst actors um, because you don't know who you'll meet and who you'll learn from. A lot of those jobs that I got was just, I mean, there was a few auditions for them, but um, they knew like the people behind the panel knew me already because I'd been around. So that, that helped so much. So you think also helped. It was like, look at this guy, you know, and for everyone that it was just like, oh, he's a new dancer. Let's get him on. Let's get him on this. Let's get him on that. So it's exposure to the, the world that you really want to be in. And the more you're exposed, the more familiar you are and the more friendly you are as well always, always helps because being a nice person, talented, they, they are a heavy balance. They, you need to go. So hand in hand, basically, yeah. Yeah, and definitely in this industry, it's about who you know, as you said. It's those contacts that you made that people knew who you were. So definitely, as you said, be friendly. Don't burn any bridges. You never know when you'll need them. Oh, 100%, yep. That's a big one. Well, thank you so much for that advice, and thank you so much for coming on the show, Charles. I really appreciate your time. I had a blast. Thank you so much. You're so much fun to talk to. <laughs> it was a lot of fun chatting to you too. Just keep in contact, and you know, you're welcome on the show anytime. So, in the future, you want to chat about anything else? I'm here for you. I'd love that. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and hopefully, I'll be there on opening night for Magic Mike Live. So maybe, hopefully, we can meet in person. That'll be great. Definitely, I got you. I'll find you in the crowd. Awesome. Oh God. <laughs> Well, as I said, keep in contact. You've got my contact now, and we'll hopefully get you on in the future. That'll be fun. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends. 
and tell us what you loved the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.